Please turn with me, if you would, to the 15th Psalm, Psalm 15. Amen. This passage presents us with a question this morning. Does it describe you, and does it describe me? Right. Yes. May each of us examine ourselves, whether be we be in the faith, and prove ourselves. Right. Yes. The psalmist being inspired of the Lord opens with the question in verse 1. Verses 2 through 4 contain 11 phrases describing external and visible qualities and attributes of a citizen of Zion. Yes. And in verse 5, we have a closing promise for us. These attributes will be presented numerically to you this morning as we cover each of them. Please follow along as I read Psalm 15. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not, he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Amen. <clears throat> yes. Verse 1, we have the question, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Who? Who is he that shall sojourn with the Lord on the earth and among his people? Who may have fellowship with him and his saints with like precious faith? Who is it that will be given an eternal estate yes. to stand before the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. Yes. This question will flush out all types of so-called professors, mm -hmm. for this question is asked of the righteous judge eternal, and it is he that will answer rightly. Yes. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Amen. The stage is now set for the Holy Spirit's instruction, unveiling the character, conduct, and conversation of a child of God. Yes. The Son of David our Lord fulfilled each of these following traits perfectly. And we are told in Romans 9 that we were predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's Son. Therefore, let us work the will of God this morning. Let us begin with each phrase that answers who. Number one, he that walketh uprightly. Proverbs tells us much of the man that walketh upright. Yes. It tells us that he walketh upright, walketh surely, that he fears the Lord, that he is a man of understanding, and that he shall be saved. This man is not perverse, nor cowers downward, walking in the counsel of the ungodly, as mentioned in Psalm 1. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Number two, and worketh righteousness. What kind of worker in the kingdom are you? The congregation of the righteous has no place for armchair critics. Let us not be marked as the defiled and unbelieving described in the book of Titus that profess to know God, but in works deny him, being abominable, disobedient, in every good work and reprobate. What foundation are you laying up for yourself in the day to come? Our works prove our faith. 
what do your works say about you? John 14, 21 states that he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me and shall be loved of the Father. And in Acts 10, 35, speaking of the Gentiles, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Yes. Number three, and speaketh the truth in his heart. Oh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that Jesus Christ is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Do we deceive ourselves within only to project falsehood without? David would pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. In Colossians 3.9, we are instructed, lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let us acknowledge and assess all of our intents, works, and words from God and keep our speech and ourselves honest. Number four, he that backbiteth not with his tongue, the tongue, with respect to its negative potential, is described in Scripture in the following ways, as a scourge in Job, a sharp razor in the Psalms, the piercing of a sword in Proverbs, and in James, an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The Lord has spoken on this point in Psalm 101.5, Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Romans 1 also tells us that this sin is included in a list of others as the mark of those given over to a reprobate mind and are worthy of death in doing them and taking pleasure in the same. We must bridle our tongues. Number five nor doeth evil to his neighbor. From the law given to Moses, we are commanded to not bear false witness against our neighbor, nor are we to be a witness against our neighbor without cause. If we are to debate our cause, should there be any, it is to be with our neighbor alone, and the matter is not to be mentioned again to any other. As we are taught in Proverbs, there is a golden rule which trumps all others. We are to love and to please our neighbor, both for his good and edification, working no ill towards them. As in Romans, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. From 3 John. Number six, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. The bringing of shame or disgrace upon a man is by his own foolishness and is a sure judgment of God. We need to not tamper with the evidence by weaving slander, whispering, or being talebearers. Have you ever brought reproach upon another? Let us consider our Savior and his exemplary conduct, being despised and rejected, did not open his mouth in judgment. We need to flush whatever ills we may have against another and trust that God will bring final sentence upon mankind without our assistance. Number seven, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. Vile, offensive, repulsive should be considered here. Isaiah 32.6 tells us, For the vile person will speak villainy in his heart and will work iniquity, to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord, to make empty the soul of the hungry and cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Mordecai knew this well, for he did not bow his knee in reverence to wicked Haman. 
David would declare of him, I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies, right. speaking of these wicked. Do we glorify the vile in the earth? Do we welcome their entertainment and their arts? Think for a moment. TV, smartphones, music, media. Number eight. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. Amen. Honor to whom honor is due. David would say in Psalm 119.63 that I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. Does this describe our circle of influence, our mentors? The Lord Jesus in the flesh practiced this point by saying, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. What truth! What honor! Are we lovers of good men, men that fear the Lord, yes. men that revere his word above all else, proven in their lives? Number nine, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Have you not vowed to your spouse? Have you not signed an employee agreement, agreed to terms and conditions? Have you not made a declaration upon baptism and church membership? Dear friends, at what cost have we done any of these things? What is your performance guarantee worth? Yes. Do we, do I vow and not intend to pay? Let us not be marked with ridicule. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Right. Neither let us presume upon our brother's Christian graces to excuse us from our commitments and obligations to one another. Right. Number 10, he that putteth not out his money to usury. Let the reader understand here, this verse is not condemning the commercial practice of earning simple interest on a principal loan for profit. Rather, this is to be understood as taking advantage of others in a monetary sense. The Israelites were given strict commandment from the Lord to not exact interest on money lent to poor souls in an effort to make gain of them to their own demise. The New Testament church had none that lacked, for men sold lands and houses and distributed as to those as they had need. Is it not better to give than to receive? Right. Number 11, nor taketh reward against the innocent. This is self-preservation at its apex. Bribes, false testimony, or worse, false testimony to save your own skin or to shift the blame. Do we assess others rightly, honestly, accurately when under review? Do we fudge the facts a little to promote ourselves above others? Let us remember the end of Judas Iscariot who for 30 pieces of silver betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we've reached the promise in verse 5. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Amen. He shall not be moved from his right. place of standing and abiding in the local church, nor moved from his heavenly abode, for he has substantial evidence proving a regenerate soul. Yes. Let us summarize with this. Who is the man that shall not be moved? He that keepeth his commandments to do them. It is the righteous man, having built an everlasting foundation, for he hath done the will of God. Yes. Isaiah 33, 15 and 17 tell us that he shall see the king and his beauty, for he walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly. In closing, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, 
but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. 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 Amen.